Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. Today, we're switching up a little. We're going to talk Tigers hoops. Uh, Tigers got a big game tomorrow, facing off at Ole Miss. Or not at Ole Miss, hosting Ole Miss. Sorry about that. Uh, Zach here. Find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. You can find our podcast at Backdoor Cut Show. And you can subscribe to us on the Barnburner Podcast Network. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, all those good places. And maybe right now you're watching us on Periscope or YouTube Live. I don't know. Check that out also at the underscore barn burner, where we are streaming live right now. And by we, I mean me and Mason. What's up? What's happening, man? Shout out to StreamYard for making this possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, big day tomorrow in Memphis sports. We got the Tigers hosting Ole Miss at noon. Uh, Memphis going to South Florida in football at three. And then Grizzlies hosting the Lakers Uh it doesn't get much better than that, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's kind of perfect for me out here on the West Coast because the basketball game is going to start at 10 a.m., and then I just get Memphis sports the rest of the day. So I'm really looking forward to going to sleep and waking up tomorrow. It's almost like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is not a bad gig at all. Yeah, so uh, we'll be covering both game, all three games all throughout the day. Uh, as we get into the Grizz game, we might lose our sobriety a bit, but we're going to do our best to bring, bring you some coverage from our Twitter accounts. I'm at Barnburner Slim. We'll also have them on uh, the Barnburner's Twitter. So uh, just be ready for tomorrow. It's going to be a big day. Looking forward to it. Big day. Uh, big, big games, too. Not yeah. just like regular games. We got this regional. I, would you consider it a regional rivalry? That's kind of how I think of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you play Ole Miss, it's a uh, it's a big game. The players know each other. Ole Miss has a couple of Memphis kids on their roster, so it's always fun to play Ole Miss. They're the SEC team, and even as much as they don't want to consider us a, a, a rival, they have to enjoy the jib jab and back and forth. It's just it's what makes sports fun, and yeah. that's why I hate Tennessee not wanting to oh, renew soft. this series. You know, like. Who ca- the coaches not liking each other makes it even better. That makes for better television, uh, better fan interaction on social media. Like the players seem to enjoy it. You you got Les who hasn't even played in a Memphis UT game yet, talking shit to Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah. Like like so, just the thought of not doing that is just it's absurd to me, really, because. Teams get the ticket sales. You know, Thompson Bowling's going to be sold out when Memphis comes in. Ticket prices are pretty pretty high for a college basketball game. So uh, even Louisville would like to play them more, bring that rivalry back. Arkansas would be cool. And I'd even be down to play Coach Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good, like, the, the programs around this area are pretty good right now, and it's a shame that we don't play more of them. Yeah, I guess we're bringing UAB back, but I mean, they're like 153 in Kim Palm, so nothing special. But yeah. uh, we do have some good memories with them. Uh, our boy Pierre Henderson Niles uh, <laughs> slapping the fans. So, yeah, man, can't wait to cheer against UAB. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same as the, the Louisville UT. I feel like those are, even when we played Gonzaga, I know that wasn't a rivalry, but when we had, uh, when Pastor had them scheduled a couple of years, that was really fun. Was that game day? College game day. I think we had game day Might have uh, been. for one of those Gonzaga games. But uh, unfortunately, the next 11 games of the Tiger season aren't going to be as fun as they could be because nope. the damn NCAA suspended James Wiseman for 12 games. Um, and it began with him sitting out at Alcorn State and then the Little Rock game, which was uh, yesterday, and the Tigers – pulled out it in kind of a close one not really um that was a, but, yeah that was a tough game to watch it was like i was it was more stressful than it needed to be i mean it's arkansas little rock it's hard to get up for that game you got old miss on saturday um just beat the hell out of alcorn state so i'm not putting too much stock into that performance 
Yeah, it didn't, anyway. it didn't worry me, but the, the slow start, if you do that against some of these better teams, then that's going to toast you. If you don't score in the first four or five minutes or whatever it was, you can't do that again. Definitely. And I mean, that's what we saw all last year, it seemed like. And then Mm -hmm. we would have to come clawing back and Jeremiah Martin would score 30 points and we'd either lose a heartbreaker or we'd pull it out of our ass. So, um, but back to James Wiseman, just what are your initial thoughts on the situation? Uh, I know you had some notes in our, in our little script, so go ahead and give your thoughts and then I'll give mine. Yeah. I think yours is going to be probably more exciting than mine just from uh, our, (laughs) our uh, pre-talk. Um, (laughs) I always felt that once once I saw the Woj alert that we were going to be or that Wiseman was you know potentially ineligible. I knew that we were going to get hit as hard as we could with that, just because Memphis is making a splash. NCAA, you know that they're looking such a critical eye on everything that Memphis is doing, just looking for a reason to hit us with the bag of hammers, like Bill has said, and. Which I don't get. What's wrong with having another good team, another good program in the mix with out of this? I mean, mix it up. Instead of having the same five blue bloods always getting the center of attention, well, what's another good program with a storied head coach who is an NBA All Star? I don't, I don't see like why that is such a a big problem for them. Uh, but then us playing Wiseman, I think they probably were salivating when we did that. When we got the restraining order, they. They were probably so excited. They're like, perfect. We can go in and we can we can give the punishment we always wanted to give and the optics would be way better than they would have been otherwise. And we, open up a potentially larger case. Yes. Yeah. With uh, 40 saying that they're going to come out with, you know, looking at even more stuff. They wanted that reason to dig a little bit deeper and see how much they could uncover. Ultimately, though, so we we are going to miss Wiseman for uh, the two biggest games that I consider at least uh, for the rest of our non-conference schedule against Tennessee and then Georgia uh, right after the new year when we play Georgia. That's going to hurt. Those are really two games I wanted him to be there because, you know, Tennessee, obviously, we want to win that game for a multitude of reasons. And then also Georgia, we're going against another top recruit, um, you know, that program is ranked about where we are. Ken Palm going to be a strong game. It's just, it's just kind of a bummer. It's good that we'll have him back for the conference schedule. Cause we do have several good teams, uh, in our conference. Houston's playing uh, really tight on Oregon right now. You know, Cincinnati is going to be good. Uh, Wichita state, Wichita state, uh, UConn's playing pretty well, I think. So it, it's good that we'll have him back for that. The only thing I can be optimistic about is in the Oregon game when Wiseman sat with two fouls. I honestly think we played better when he wasn't in the game, oddly. Well, I mean, in the second half, he had like 20 and 10. He he did, but he was dominating. Everything else stalled. Like when he came back in, we were only looking for him instead of continuing the flow that we had while he was sitting out. So I know the guys had it in them to step up and make plays. It'll just be different. It won't. I mean, it'd just be way more fun to have the number one recruit on the floor, especially yeah. in these high-profile games. It it sucks for all of basketball. That's not good for anyone. It really does. And and let's just take it back to the very beginning. Um, the NCAA began this investigation in January, um, and this is everything that I'm about to go through is based on all the information that has been made available to us. So they begin this investigation in January. Um, And he was cleared in May. And by all accounts, the NCAA knew about this money taking place. You know, this transfer going uh, from Penny Hardaway to James Wiseman's family to move him from Nashville to Memphis. So the fact that they knew about that and cleared him in May. And then the day of the first game, they send Memphis a notice saying that James Wiseman is likely ineligible. Uh, And they don't give them a notice of what the punishment would be. Um, But after several months of Wiseman being cleared to play, the day of the first game, the NCAA rules him likely ineligible. It's it's just ridiculous. And so Wiseman played in that game. And then 
the day of the second game of the season is when Wiseman and Penny were in the courtroom uh, getting a temporary restraining order against the NCAA, which by all accounts allowed Wiseman to play. Um, we, could Memphis still have set him out? Yes, they could have. Um, and was it a mistake when he went into that courtroom? It's kind of it's looking like that now. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. But we also don't know when the NCAA would have ruled. We don't know yeah. if this lawsuit kind of sped that process up. Because um, as soon as the lawsuit was announced, basically they cleared uh, Chase Young from Ohio State. They're uh-huh. like, "Oh, you're good. You're not. You're not going against us. We're gonna sh- make a point that if you don't mess with us, we're we're fair and equitable uh, this as, month. As much as the NCAA yeah. can fucking like sit in front of you and say that without like just feeling like a huge piece of human shit. Um, like and so. Then he drops the lawsuit after the Oregon Oregon game. We await the punishment, and then uh, what was the day of Wednesday? I guess is when it was announced that he was suspended twelve games. And not only has he suspended the games, he's now got to pay eleven thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> to the charity of his choice because the NCAA is just so generous and cares about the kids or you know the, those in need. Like get the fuck out of my face with that. Is the whole timeline the, that they cleared him in May and then the day of the first game, they reopen the case and say, oh, yeah, hold on. He might not be eligible. Like, it's ridiculous. You can't – I don't understand how they can continue to operate like this. But I think with the lawsuits in motion, with – as whether it was right or wrong for Memphis and James to file this lawsuit against – Uh, the NCAA, it did keep the conversation going. So you've got the state laws being made in California, now even being talked about in Tennessee and all over the country. And then you have this keeping the momentum going while it's not the watershed moment we all hoped for. Mm -hmm. Maybe down the line it's something that can be looked back upon and been a key moment in the revolution of changing the NCAA as we know it. So, and the worst part is James is like, this is supposed to be the best year of his life. Like he's such, so much still a kid. You see some of these guys who come in at 18 years old and they're already kind of, they got a grown demeanor. But with James, like you saw the goofy unicorn, you see the goofy Instagram videos on his stories. And he's just like got the most genuine smile. Um, By all accounts, a great kid, very cares about his academics and this is when he's supposed to be living it up his freshman year of college. I mean, you go back to my freshman year, your freshman year, some of the best times of our lives. And he's supposed to be walking around campus a day after scoring 20 and 10 and like everybody giving him high fives. Hey, James, you're the man. You're the man. And says like, man, do you, are, are you going to get to play? Uh, are you going to lead the team and go overseas? Are you going to yeah. be prepping for the draft? And, and so just you hate to see it for the kid who by all accounts, from everything that's been made. Had no idea. Had no idea. And like suspend Penny 12 games. Let James play. (laughs) Honestly, I know Esposito got roasted for saying that uh, on, on Memphis Twitter. He said it, uh, Joe Esposito, former assistant coach at Memphis. He's out in Las Vegas. uh, He's an analyst now, but like Will Wade sat his games. I don't, you know, and then now he's back and it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. So you just hate to see it from that standpoint because it's just another kid missing out on what all kids who grow up playing basketball dream about is being like a star player at college and then going to the NBA. Um, So 12 game suspension for James Wiseman. Uh, The university did announce that they will be appealing um, the suspension, but I think it's safe to say from everything that we've heard and all the people who seem to be plugged into the situation, uh, it's going to be a no-go on this appeal. Oh, yeah. They'll decide that in February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And speaking of that, we still don't know about Isaiah Stokes. Yeah, I was going to ask, does he need to sue? Like, will that help us? <laughs> yeah. and uh, Is that the way to get resolution on something? A lawsuit? 
Lance Thomas last year took forever. I don't think they ruled on him until January. Um, and of course ruled him ineligible, but Jonah Jordan said that it could be a matter of the paperwork, uh, being turned in appropriately and on time. He said that was the case with Lance Thomas that they didn't turn it in on time, but according to Jonah, they turned it in two weeks before the start of the season. And I don't understand what's <laughs> like, what, what, why we're doing full investigations into these kids backgrounds like they just want to play college basketball they're going to bring the ncaa money james wiseman is missing games against Ole miss north carolina state tennessee uh georgia and wichita state which i'm pretty sure all of those games are on network tele or uh, espn related programming yeah and it it's just gonna hurt the game like you said it's just bad for basketball and yeah, I mean, and, and then, of course, once he comes back, they're going to have this redemption story. And guess what's going to be a part of, like, every fucking broadcast is this redemption story. It's almost like the NCAA is the WWE and just trying to create narratives yeah. to, keep, to keep the fans, like, coming back, you know? It's, you uh, hate to see it. Yeah, it would, it would be in their best interest for the best, potentially the best player in college basketball to be playing in high-profile games. I mean, they're, yeah. they're taking money from themselves. Here's a business tip. You know who the fans want to see? The best freaking players. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Over $11,500 that wasn't even by the letter of the law. Sure, it, you can easily make the case that it's an uh, infraction. But if if you dive into the details of the situation, maybe it's not. I'm not here. We've We've heard this argument for over a week now. Um, so everyone has their own, own opinion on that side of the thing of things. But let me ask you, if you're James Wiseman, will you sit out the 12 games and then be a Memphis Tiger for the rest of the season? Or would you begin looking elsewhere? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I think, so I think a lot of it depends on personal relationships, so if he's real tight with people like, say, the coaching staff and the other players on the team, Which I think by that all accounts seems to be. I think that would be the biggest motivation to go back. Purely from a basketball sense, it almost makes as much sense just to take the time off and train. The, yeah. the human element would be the only thing to keep me come to bring me back. I think. Yeah, and I agree with that, and. You look at Darius Baisley last year, who lived with Mike Miller, trained for the NBA, and Rich Paul uh, is his agent. Rich Paul got him an internship at New Balance that paid Darius Baisley $1 million yeah. <laughs> while he was training for the NBA um, and getting some type of corporate experience. Who knows how in-depth it was. Stories I read seemed like it was a pretty cool opportunity and he took advantage of it, but I'm not here to tell you that he was like working a nine to five. Uh, but you look at that, you look at RJ Hampton, LaMelo Ball in the, uh, what is it, Australian League? The NBL. Yeah, in the NBL. And you just wonder if Wiseman says, you know what, NCAA, you're never going to like control me anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm not paying this $11,500 back. I'm going to sit out and get ready for the draft. And you know what? My coach, Penny Hardaway, is going to give me a million fucking dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then maybe that could cause the NCAA to move more swiftly moving forward to changing their rules because Baisley, Wiseman, RJ, LaMelo, this is not a trend that seems to be slowing down um, players – not playing NCAA, whether it's going the G League route. So it's just going to be interesting to see what he does decide. I think you're right. I think the human element uh, is going to keep him playing for the Tigers. And, I mean, as a Tigers fan, I'm happy to see that. But you have to w wonder if he could really be an agent for change if he were to decide uh, against that. I guess we'll we'll find out sooner or later. Yeah, we will. And uh, like we we briefly hit on Pat Forty, as soon as soon as the suspension was announced, he clicked uh, send on his article and published it in which 
He said that the NCAA is opening a larger investigation into this this allegation. It didn't seem like they were going to be diving into like other potential recruiting violations. It seemed like they were going to dive into this and potentially do loss of scholarships, postseason bans, something along those lines mm. is what I took from it. So we've got that hanging over our head. Penny could still be suspended, I guess, in theory. Something could still be done to – for his actions in it. So, you know, we got uh, what 11 more games, 10 more games without Wiseman. He sat two. So, and yeah. in those games, of course, Ole Miss tomorrow at 12 o'clock at FedEx Forum. Uh, did you see that they're doing like a plaza party at the FedEx Forum all day? They're going to be uh-huh. showing college football on the Jumbotron out there. So, wow. Definitely good, good if, stuff. Yeah. If you can go downtown, seems like it's going to be a great day in Memphis. Hate that I'm going to miss it, but it seems like it could be one of those epic days that you rem- you remember for a really long time. Um, so Ole Miss is game three of his suspension. NC State, who is ranked 45th in Kim Palm. You got Bradley, uh, NCAA tournament team from last year. They're only 124 in Kim Palm right now. UAB, UT, Jackson State, New Orleans, Tulane, Georgia, and Wichita State. Um, so... What are your thoughts kind of just going into this stretch without James? Like what looks like success to us? Yeah. So I think you still want to beat – I think you still win the majority of those games. Uh, The Tennessee game, I think that's going to be real tough. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Going into Knoxville, been to that arena, you know, that's that's a tough place to go play and to get a win at, Uh, especially with – all the drama that happened last year, you know they're going to be ready for the game. So who, who's going to be more prepared? That That's going to be a big question for that one. Um, we're certainly not favored in that game. Um, Tennessee's knocked off uh, Washington already when they were ranked. So, you know, uh, Rick Barnes got a good squad over there. And then uh, I haven't watched Georgia or Wichita State yet, so I can't I really either. say too much about them. But I think those are both. Uh, if you say, let's go Ole Miss, NC State, Tennessee, Georgia, Wichita State, those are all like the, those are the tough ones. So that's five games. I think you need to, I think we could win three of them. Yeah. I think if you, I think we, you, dropping two of them is pretty realistic. I, I could see us drop in Tennessee and then maybe Georgia or Wichita State. So eight and two, eight and two over the next ten games without Wiseman, yeah, would would be good with you, and that would put us at what twelve and twelve and three. I mean, that's that's not that bad. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. Yep. And then you get the the number one player in the country back, and you just start fucking railing on teams in conference play. Yeah, it, it, in reality, so if the thing is, if our seating falls, and you know we lose some games and our seating falls, but then we have Wiseman back for. Uh, you know what a whole month and a half before the tournament no one's gonna say you fall to an eight or nine or something crazy no one's you're gonna be the toughest eight or nine seed in that whole pool yeah and no I'm, one's gonna want to play you i don't think that's gonna happen um but yeah if you're eight or nine seed for sure yeah <laughs> that that one seed is gonna be like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> um so and on that i think Wiseman comes back at South Florida, and he will play a total of 16 regular season games. And then, of course, the AAC tourney and the NCAA tournament. Assuming the NCAA doesn't say, yeah. no, y'all ain't playing in that. <laughs> that Now, that would be that'd be a boss move for them right there. Just like putting their foot down, saying, you screwed with us. Guess what? We're really, we're getting you. We're sticking it to you big time. That would be that would be obviously way more than the twelve games that he's having to serve. And you know they'd like let him play the season if he does decide to do that, and then like right before the conference tournament, uh, like the, the day of, like they'll they'll take us off the floor and like purple all us. <laughs> God, fuck them, man. The NCAA is so. I mean, it's just like what is it going to take for them to be fair and treat these student athletes like? humans instead of controlling their every move it's just it sucks man but uh go ahead now, i read i don't remember who wrote it that the i guess it's the commissioner of the ncaa brings in four million dollars yeah resco that's 
That's bizarre. That's a bizarre amount of money for an organization, the head of an organization that you know has control over the players that you know are not making anything. And the coach getting free labor. (laughs) Yeah, and the yeah the coaches ain't doing bad either. (laughs) Like we're talking about eleven thousand five hundred dollars. That is questionably uh, at at the intent of it, uh, NCAA violation. Um, like I said, we can argue till we're blue in the face one way or another, but it's not going to matter because by the letter of the law, it is. Um, where you got college coaches on federal wiretaps admitting to paying these players way more, and not even it's not even in the same like sense that we're moving your family to Memphis. Your sister is going to the university of Memphis. Your mom wants to be closer to her. It's three hours away. It's not across the country. <laughs> and you want to play for Penny Hardaway. Like sure. Right? You can say Innsworth was a great school and no doubt it is. And him leaving that to go to East is questionable academically, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I can't imagine he was paying Innsworth tuition. You know, I'm sure he was getting a scholarship there too. Right. So, like, get out of my face with that TWSWA and and anyone who's trying to argue that. Um, and it's just like they pick and choose their battles, and it does seem to be that Memphis is a team that they like to bring the hammer down on based on history. But, anyways, enough about that, James. We're rooting for you. We'll be ready for you to come back and. uh the rest of the team is going to have to hold it down. And Zach, what are your thoughts on the overall play of the team so far and some players that have impressed you or not impressed you? So, so far this year, um, so we're four and one, eight point loss to Oregon. We shot 17% from three, which is the main stat that Penny talked about in his press conference after afterwards. You're not going to beat very many teams shooting like that. Uh, overall, I for this season, I was expecting us to be a much better shooting team from beyond the arc. You know, bringing back Tyler Harris, bringing in Boogie Ellis, Lester. I thought that we would be at least a, you know, decent team. But do you have do you have their three-point shooting percentages in front of you? Mm, yes. Who who's who's the best so far is it Boogie or probably DJ, I would say. Three-point percentage is um DJ is shooting 40% on two attempts. A couple guys are shooting better, but less than one attempt. Okay. And then Boogie is shooting 34% on five attempts. Tyler, Not bad. 32 on five. Lester, 24 on five. So Whew. That's really the only downfall to Lester so far. Yeah. <laughs> I think by all accounts, he's been great. He's just We're waiting on the shots to fall. But Tyler Harris, I think we expected more than 32% from him. I think he expects more than that from himself. Um, I think a lot of it, he's only getting 18 minutes a game, so he's getting his shots up quick, and I, it could have a lot to do with he's not having a chance to mentally get into the game because 18 minutes, less than half the game, and you're having to get your shots up that quick. But don't you think that's his role? Like, to, to maximize Tyler Harris, don't you think that needs to be his role? Like, he needs to just come in and be able to hit the ground running. And the microwave. Maybe. But he hasn't. He was getting a lot more minutes last year and he, taking he more shots than that. Yeah. So I, I mean, set the Memphis record for three pointers in a freshman season. So right. Um, we so that's if, probably what you need him to do. He just isn't as of yet. Yeah, I felt like last game he got a couple to fall um, in, in the corner, mm-hmm. and then Boogie. What he's thirty five percent. Boogie. He got a lot of that has to do with that one game. That one game. Yeah. yeah. What what was that? Alcorn State, or was it before Oregon? Uh, it was before Oregon because we thought we you were gonna, yeah, we thought we were gonna destroy Oregon, but <laughs> we went in there and you know couldn't hit the broadside of the barn, pretty much. Yeah, but I think overall, we both of us were kind of we weren't we didn't we weren't upset about the loss. We kind of had some good takeaways: the defensive intensity that we showed throughout times. Uh, when James was in, he was dominant. Um, Precious attacking. So, but, but who would you say of those guards has disappointed you the most? For me, I think, I think we kind of put the cart a little bit in front of the horse on Damian Ball being uh, a superstar, you know, like one and done type player. But 
on defense between him and Alo, they are tenacious. Like the, yes. the other team's point guard is going to sleep well after they play the Memphis Tigers. Yeah, D- Damian's done well distributing the ball. He's done well distributing and also on defense scoring. He's he's struggling there. He's not really taking a lot of shots, but he's doing some of those other things. Yeah, he's um, averaging uh, five points, five assists, and three boards. So, you know, for a freshman, he's still finding his way. He's going to be fine. I think Alo's averaging like seven points, four assists, and three rebounds. Um, so, do, do are any of those guys disappointing you? Of those two? No, just the guards in general. The guards in general, I, th- I would say Tyler's probably been – I, I was expecting him to be shooting better, yeah. but I hope that comes, you know, later in the season. Right. I hope it comes sooner, but at, you know, at some point. You hope you hopefully it gets it going against Ole Miss tomorrow, yeah, a little I'd regional rivalry, that. get that blood flowing, and you know, start wiping his nose, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carry that into the NC State game. Yeah. And I mean, Brad, this is a decent three stretch of games, like or stretch yeah. of three games, maybe the best, like back-to-back-to-back games we're going to play all season with Ole Miss, NC State, and Bradley. So uh, what about the rest of the team? What, just kind of your general thoughts on uh, Precious. Or Man, the I, I – so if you look at the numbers, Precious seems like he's doing great or seems, you know, doing fine, except from the free throw line. The man's terrible from the free throw line. He was 8 of 20 the other day. He gets to the line a lot. Yeah. He – He's like a damn but, bull in a china shop. <laughs> yeah, that that is how I feel. I don't I don't see him as like taking over the game, and that's kind of with his, the way he was highly touted, and people still talk like he's a lock, like a, a lottery pick lock. I, it's not how he's playing at this point to me. Yeah, and I tend to agree. Like in the moment, I'm like, damn, precious, come on. But as I take a step back, he's averaging 13 and eight, and Without Wiseman, he is going to be who we rely on, and I think he understands that, and he's trying to be that. Um, he's being aggressive. You you love to see it, and I think he's just going to continue to get better. He's so raw. Like, yeah. he, he is an athlete before he is a basketball player at this point. Um, he's got a lot of, you know, work to do on his handles, on his shot, as you mentioned, but he is going to try to lead this team, uh, and I, I, I don't want to be – unfair too quickly and just write him off as not actually being a lotto pick because we do see them draft based on potential a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think throughout the year, he's going to get better. You know, he's still learning the college game and uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I want to, I'm looking forward to seeing him against some of the bigger defenders because a lot of his games where he's done well, he, the defender, I mean, he, he's huge, obviously. Yeah. So, most of the schools that we played don't have that type of that type of body. Yeah, he's just getting like layup after layup. On yeah, it's like a, a high schooler playing against like a middle schooler, pretty much. Yeah, a lot of the size wise. So he's uh, kind of playing bully ball, and that's kind of how he's uh, exerting his will in these games. So we'll yeah. see once we get some you know better better talent to go against what'll shake out. What yeah. about you? Uh, DJ Jeffries, I think, has been great off the bench. Yeah. Uh, DJ Bubbleguts Jeffries <laughs> that is, uh, said he missed the first six minutes of the Little Rock game because he had to take shit. <laughs> so that that was uh, on a pretty sour day. That was some humor that you yeah. could take away from it. DJ's averaging 12 and 4. Um, like I said, he's really coming off the bench. And Little Rock, he provided the the spark, like because we were, as you mentioned, we couldn't score. He came in, got us some buckets. He had all fifteen points that game were in the first half, so yeah, that's a bit worrisome. He he didn't get a lot of minutes in the second half, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and I didn't catch the full second half, but I was any time all the segments I was watching, he didn't seem to be out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, I think DJ can do it all. He can shoot yeah. it. He can attack you. His handles are really good, and he's got the size, the athleticism, the length. He had a nasty little hammer throwdown uh, that it just sounded good when he dunked it. Like he dunked it hard as hell. I think DJ is going to be the benefactor of James being out, 
And, I mean, he looks like he's up to the challenge. And, you know, Sam talks about DJ having that dog in him. And I, I'm excited to kind of see who between him and Precious is able to rise to the occasion. Hopefully it's both of them. And right. they can play together and we just dominate teams like we plan to do all offseason. <laughs> yeah, talk, DJ, I'm, I'm very high on DJ right now, definitely. Like, talking about him gets me pretty excited about the game. I just When he comes in, I'm like, all right, what's going to happen? Yeah, like he's gonna pick someone and then have a great pass to a great outlet pass to someone, or he's gonna be the outlet, throw it down, or shoot over top of someone. He's just a fun guy to watch, so I'm I'm definitely excited about him. He's almost like opposite of Precious in the sense that DJ is a very skilled basketball player yeah. uh, for his size, and Precious is not. Um, but another guy who I think has surprised a lot of us is Lester Quinones. Um, he was a four-star, not as highly regarded as some of these other guys we brought in, but, man, he's, he brings it every night. He's an intense player, um, and he's averaging 12 points, I think four assists and three rebounds, something like that. And he's not, he can't hit shit. Right? He can't yeah. hit a shot. So, you know, if he makes two threes a game, that, that 12 goes to 18 a game uh, or two more threes a game. So I think, I think it's not out of the question for him to be averaging 15 points through this stretch, especially without James. And, and he, like, his shot looks good. Yeah, just missing. Yeah, like, his shot is great, or is very pure looking. You know, he goes toe-to-toe against Penny in Instagram videos before the game, shooting a three-pointer, so, you know, that's exciting, I guess. Quickly winning the hearts of Tiger fans. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm, him and DJ both are, are doing that. I am tired about national media having to talk about the shorts every time but that's yeah so we, do what we he does. so we won't spend any time talking about that that's for sure yeah. a little uh, weird but <laughs> he, he is shooting really well from two so he's shooting 24 percent from three so that's bad he's shooting 63 percent from two on four and a half attempts per game so even though he's not falling from deep that that's not like the extent of his game he's still getting shots inside the paint uh, and making those, and he's making an impact both ends of the floor. He has a defensive rating of 85. Uh, the Oregon game, he really impressed me. Yeah. It, it seemed like a lot of guys were dragging their heads kind of down about Wiseman not being uh, out there. He didn't seem to care. He was like, all right, let's go. Like, we're all basketball. But we're all hoopers. We can do this. Yeah, I mean, and you love that. Just, all right, let's step next man up. Yeah, uh, and I mean, just I think more of a complete basketball player than any of us realized that we yeah. had gotten in him. Uh, and then another guy who has impressed me has been Alex Lomax. Uh, I think we all last year you, you were either like with Alo or Tyler, kinda, or you were down on both of them. But some of us continue to preach like when the talent increases around Alex Lomax, like that's when you're going to see him at his best. And he's only he's scoring seven points but the defense that he's playing he still goes for some steals that i don't want him to go for <laughs> like all of our guards try to steal everything um and sometimes leads to some easy baskets or mm-hmm. uh our big guys picking up fouls but that's that's the way penny wants to play is that fast pace i know i know i saw some notes in the uh what, what do you call that <laughs> in the, it's not the script the google doc some, yeah some notes in our google doc <laughs> <laughs> But what's it called? Itinerary? <laughs> yeah, uh, outline, schedule, outline, outline. any of those words work. Yeah, so uh, I saw you talking about the pace, and we needed to slow it down. Because where are we currently in the nation in pace? Oh, we're damn fast. So not <laughs> not necessarily pace, but... That ranking on Kim Palm. <laughs> it, it flashes at you. <laughs> we have... we Our uh, time of possession on offense is something like... 14 seconds so it's not the total pace because you're playing you know that uh you have to take into account who you're playing against and how they're controlling the ball but on offense we have uh 14 seconds we're shooting and that's average time of possession that's the best way to say it and that's top five like five one of the five fastest in the country which is that's a lot but I think that's how Penny wants to play. Like, yeah, no, I'm. 
And, and quite honestly, that seems to be when we're at our best, considering as a team we're shooting 30% from three and 65% yeah. from the line, as many layups as we can get off of that aggressive defense because that's what led us into this conversation is our guards going for steals. Um, but that does seem to be when we're at our best, like those runs against Oregon, Damian Baugh, and then we're just taking the ball from the guards. Like through these five games, I don't think I've ever seen like as many guards just get the ball ripped away from them as uh, Alo and Damian have done so far. Yeah. This year. So that I, that's going to be interesting to see one tomorrow against Ole Miss. I think they like to slow it down. Um, so it's kind of a battle of wheels, whichever one can get you into their style of play, probably going to be who wins the game. And we want to get up and down. What are your thoughts on Jaden Hardaway and Ryan Boyce getting minutes? Uh, Isaiah Maurice is another one who I don't think we expected to be a big time <laughs> player, but in a I limited think he's role. Done okay. I'm not like. When I see him come in, I'm not like, holy crap, what are we doing? I almost feel better when he's out there than Lance Thomas. Ooh, that might be – I expected a lot more from Lance Thomas so mm-hmm. far this year. I just feel he's like – He just kind of looks a little lost out there. Like, I don't know. But through – like seeing him play in the madness scrimmages and hearing people talk about him, I expected him to be like a force to be reckoned with off the bench, grabbing rebounds, blocking shots, and even hitting threes. Mm-hmm. Um, so – yeah, Maurice, he hadn't been bad. And I think it's because we're not counting on him to be, like, the third best player or whatever like yeah. we were last year. That is definitely not his role. It, he's playing super limited minutes so far. Only eight minutes. He's appeared in four games. But in those eight minutes, he's got over four – or he's got four and a half rebounds and three points. Okay. So, I mean, and, and a, over a block. So four and a half rebounds – and over a block in eight minutes per game. I mean, that's that's making making the most of your time out there. Yeah, he's a lone senior, so from that aspect, you do like to see him getting some uh, getting a chance to contribute to a team, the best team that he's going to play on in his Memphis career. Um, but yeah, back to Boyce and Hart, Jaden. Neither one of them really seem to be effective when they're out there. What are, What are your thoughts? I think that. I'm hoping at least that once we start, probably even tomorrow, like this rotation needs to be tightened up. Penny played 11 guys in the first half against Little Rock, and that I don't think that's just gonna that's just not gonna fly once you start uh, playing some of these better teams. Because yeah. you got there's no one. Lester averages 28 minutes, and then you got everyone one, two, three. For five guys in the twenty to twenty-four range, I feel like you got to keep some of those guys out there longer. Yeah, and I mean, it could be a byproduct of trying to play fast, and guys just aren't in yeah. in good enough shape. I'm not sure, but uh, anything else you want to hit on on kind of the team overall so far through these five games in which we stand, zero and one. Oh well, so I ran a Twitter poll yesterday. Uh, asking folks, Memphis Tiger fans, my Twitter again is at BarnBurnerBro. Follow that. Uh, follow that. <laughs> Considering everything that's going on with the program, how do you feel about where things on the court are at this moment in time? So I had about 150 votes. The three options were disappointed, feeling good, or things are better than you expected. What what's your guess on the breakdown there? So how we're feeling about the on court product right now? Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. I'm feeling good. So let's go Tiger Nation. Hopefully we're feeling good. So it was a dead tie for disappointed and feeling good with 44. <laughs> percent If yeah. that's not the Memphis fan base for you, I don't know what it is. Like, that is so perfect. 12% said better than expected, but the disappointed and feeling good were tied at 44% each. Oh, that's classic. That is classic Memphis fans. I personally, I said I feel good about it. I mean, the the Oregon game, we weren't favored in that game, so we've won the games we're favored in. Now, if we lose tomorrow, then we start talking maybe a different scenario. But right now, I don't think you can complain. True that. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, but, yeah, if we lose tomorrow, I might, <laughs> might change my tune a little bit. So, 
uh, with that, what are, I know you broke down Ole Miss. You had a preview up on the-barnburner.com. What are kind of some of their strengths? Who are some of the players we need to look out for from the Rebels, the Land Sharks, uh, whatever they're called? Yeah, what are they going to be tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so tomorrow, uh, Ole Miss, uh, last year they – are over the course of the offseason, they lost three guys who averaged nearly 30 points and 13 rebounds a game, one of them being Terrence Davis, who is balling out for the Raptors right now. So that's – obviously he was an impactful player. Uh, he's getting a lot of minutes with <clears throat> Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka being out. Uh, but the the biggest impact uh, is among three guys. So you got – Terrence Davis, South Haven native, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah. Where do you uh, do you play high school around here too? South Haven, I believe. Oh. Yeah, South Haven High. Heck yeah. I, I so he didn't go far from here. home for college then. Yeah. You mean Sorry. Tubby wasn't going after him? <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> Probably sent six all on him. <laughs> um. So Brian Tyree is their shooting guard. He he takes he's so far this season he's taken. Almost a third of their shots. Uh, he's a senior. Okay. He is kind of regressing a little bit this year. He averaged 10.8 points sophomore year, 17.9 his junior year. Uh, the Athletic had him as one of the top 20 guards to watch for. So he's a 6'2 senior. Uh, right now he's averaging about 14 points a game. He is shooting below his career three-point percentages. He's not shooting very well this year, but... Uh, he's, I think, mostly mid-30s, mid-to-upper okay. 30s for his career. So we need to keep him under wraps uh, so, for sure. Yeah, does it look like he scores mostly from threes, or does he get into the get into the paint and get to the rack? Yeah, it's mostly twos just because he's shooting so poorly from three yeah. this year. So that extra however many percentage points is what that, – that's pretty much the gap on yeah. what his average is right now and last year. Don't need his ass to get hot tomorrow. <laughs> no, so that – Spoiler, that's going to be one of the keys of the game is the backcourt. So we talked about Lester and Damian and Alex and how they've been playing on defense. They definitely have to do that tomorrow because uh, their Ole Miss's point guard, he averages uh, Devontae Schuler 13.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Yeah. So he's another guy that, um, you know, those two. So their backcourt is putting up 28 points. So that's a large percentage of their scoring. Um, they also have a post guy, KJ Buffin, is averaging fourteen point three points and eight boards. So he's okay. he's six seven sophomore. I believe he's a sophomore. Uh, super efficient. Uh, his effective field goal percentage is seventy four percent. So he's <laughs> he's taking good shots and he's making them when he takes them. And so also, you think Precious will be matched up with him? I they have another guy who is six ten, so Precious will probably be on him. I'm thinking. Who Pins, started uh, in Wiseman's place? Was it Lance Thomas? Lance did, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Lance, yeah, I don't know which way Penny will go with that. If he'll yeah. put Precious on him because he's bigger, and then or he'll have a size advantage over Buffin, and then. You know, maybe he plays Lance on their center. It could be that yeah. way. That's probably not a bad idea because shutting him down, uh, Buffin is, uh, he gets a ton of defensive rebounds. He's a top 30 defensive rebounding percentage in the country. Mm. So yeah. he's, Precious has uh, gotten a lot of points off offensive rebounds. So that'll be kind of a war of two worlds there. One guy good at defensive rebounds. Precious needs to get the offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his most effective way of scoring. <laughs> yeah, because he's not. And Precious needs to score through contact when he's getting fouled because of his poor free throw percentage at this point. Yeah. Uh, those are kind of three big guys, and then the six ten gentleman that I mentioned, uh, Kadeem Sai. He played at Virginia Tech, then he transferred to a JUCO, and now he's back at Division One. Okay. So he's uh, 
you know, tall guy, is getting rebounds. He's uh, known for his shot blocking. Um, so that that could be a challenge for guys like Lomax, Tyler, trying to get in the lane. Yeah. So I think they've been stuffed their fair share of times this year. Yeah. So definitely not going to be a cakewalk against Ole Miss uh, inside FedEx Forum tomorrow. But, no. I mean, looking forward to it. These are the games that, as a fan, you, you love to play. And you just hope your team shows up. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ole Miss has really made their money on defense this year. Have they them. only allowed – granted, they've played not good teams. So Memphis will definitely be their first challenge. Which uh, hopefully is in our favor. Yeah, because we've already got – you know, we've had a big game. So hope you hope that you got some of that rust off. Uh, yeah. Man, it would be nice to come out and punch them in the mouth and get like a quick 10-point lead and, so we don't have to claw back against this Ole Miss defense that you're about to tell, tell me about. Yeah, they're at, they hold their opponents to 36% effective field goal percentage, so that's 22 from three, 38 from two. So, we're, I mean, we're totally capable of shooting that poorly is yeah. what is definitely a concerning, uh, concerning thing to look at. They've got three guys that average over two steals per game and have a top ten steal percentage. So they're a lot. That's all. Most of that's in their guard play. So that's really going to be important, and that'll be a pretty fun matchups to watch. I think I'm excited yeah. about that. This definitely seems like one of those games where we can't get stuck uh, taking the ball out of the net and walking it up and having to run our half court offense. Like we are going to mm-hmm. need to get some easy buckets against a team that is this skilled defensively. Kermit Davis is a great coach, <laughs> like yeah. led Middle Tennessee State for years, had that win over Mich- Michigan State when they were a 15 seed and Michigan State was a two. Surprise! He was coach of the year in the SEC last year, I think. Yeah. Um, and no one expected that team to be good, made the damn tournament. Um, so kind of like the opposite of what Memphis – fans have been like the last 10 years <laughs> but uh, uh you hate you hate it when it happens to someone like old miss they, they make that good hire like shit yeah right <laughs> but uh yeah a big day anything else you want to hit on on the old miss matchup or the team in general no so i, I would say to overview it again the backcourt's going to be really important the tigers have to take care of the ball uh, they've got to return the stingy defense and then it's really, I think, Precious and uh, K.J. Buffin's going to be a good matchup down low, seeing who, who owns the boards. That's going to be important between those guys. Yeah, and uh, D.J. Jeffries being a Mississippi native, I'm expecting a, a big game from him tomorrow mm-hmm. as well. Um, then, like, like we mentioned at the top of the show, at 3 o'clock, the Memphis Tigers football team uh, will be in Tampa, Florida, taking on South Florida. USF has kind of been a disappointment this year. Um, they played Cincinnati tough last week, but overall haven't really lived up to expectations. Meanwhile, Memphis only has the one loss uh, to Temple, which you go back and, and you look at how Brady White played that game and basically how he's played since, and it's just like, It's a different damn. team. Like, I, we, we, like that one game, like we'd be, we could be top ten in the country right now. Uh, we're, we are the highest ranked group of five school. We're 18th. And I'm sure everyone has seen the images going around on social media of like the five or six schools that are ranked in the AP top 25 in basketball and football. And I mean, not only did we not expect that from Tigers football a few years ago, but I mean, with Tubby, in just two years ago in the Tubby Smith area or era being in the top 25 in college basketball was pretty far fetched. Um, so yeah. definitely got to be appreciative of the times we're having in Memphis sports. Um, tune in, watch the Memphis team take on South Florida. Like Zach said, Brady White has been amazing. Uh, <laughs> like since that Temple game, throwing touchdown after touchdown, like multiple four or five touchdown games. Kenneth and not Mayne, just like lob it, like throwing it, threading the needle. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mama, who's that man? We've seen the wide receiver group step up. Antonio Gibson has just been the touchdown machine. Calvin Austin, who received a scholarship last week, the, he's a Harding Academy graduate and then was a track athlete and a walk-on to the football team. And he earned a scholarship after the game this past week. Um, and he's just turned into like a complete receiver out of nowhere, like making sideline toe-tap catches. 
Uh, of course, we got Coxy, who's making big play after big play. He, he will hit you with the occasional drop, but he, yeah. he usually comes back and responds with a touchdown or a big catch on third down. Um, Kenny Gainwell is, still leads the AAC in rushing and is eighth nationally like that's a memphis football player a freshman uh who is really gonna for the next two years be like the talk of college football if he stays healthy patrick taylor uh, our senior running back made his return last week after uh what nine weeks of sitting out he played in the first game against old miss ran over old miss and for like 125 yards then it set out until last week he had a few carries here and there but just good to see Patrick Taylor back by all accounts. He is just a great dude throughout the whole time he was sitting out. He kept a smile on his face and seemed to be like still that senior leader, which is kind of you see some guys get hurt and they're kind of pushed to the background. But I think that just speaks to Patrick Taylor's character. And then the defense, um, we got we hit hard. Like I've never seen a Memphis Tigers football team hit as hard as some of our guys hit um sure we give up the big play uh more than we would like i think so yeah we give up people watch the games i've had people at work say like dude that defense is good you look at the scoreboard we give up you know 30 40 points or something but when the time comes we've made so many big plays so many big stops it's like they have that that extra gear and a lot of it has to do with the fact that our offense scores in like in 30 seconds so it's like pace of play in basketball. The more possessions you get, the more points you're going to score. Yeah, and, I mean, it, we've seen them have to make those big stands in the first quarter uh, to keep us from getting blown out, mm-hmm. like last week. Or, or we've seen it in the fourth quarter, like making the stop to win the game. So, yes, they, they can frustrate us with some big plays. But like you said, we're playing like 20, 22 guys on defense because we're on the field so much. Mm-hmm. So a blessing and a curse to have – one of the most prolific offenses in the nation. But I think uh, Adam Fuller, first-year defensive coordinator, has done a great job. And, I mean, we're deep. Yeah. Like, it's not like when you bring someone in, uh, they're picking on that cornerback or anything. Like, these guys can all play and have – a lot of them played last year too. And we really don't have a lot of seniors other than Austin Hall on defense who missed last week's game with the injury. But I think it's uh, some, something with his knee. Um, but he should be hopefully back tomorrow, if not for Cincinnati the following week. So to wrap it up, Tigers football has got two regular season games left at USF tomorrow. Then we host Cincinnati in Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium on Black Friday. Cincinnati is ranked one spot below us in the AP poll. They're number 19, currently leading the East Division of the AAC. So... If they win out, which is what Tiger fans should be hoping for, well, okay. except when we play them, and we win out, we will play in the American Athletic Championship the week after we play them. We'll play Cincinnati again. Um, at home, so right? I believe it, it will be at home Okay. because we will have beat them head up. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what if, so if we lose to them – would we have to lose both games to not be in the championship? No, if we lose to them and either SMU or or Navy doesn't lose to close out the season, they will represent the West Division in the championship. So, mm. uh, even though we've got them head to head, well, but they've got we would have two losses and they would only have one loss. So, uh, the the West Division is tough. the The American Athletic Conference in general. Uh, Seems like it just continues to get better. You have some teams like Tulane who were receiving top 25 votes there for a while. Uh, Navy has like been a whole nother team since we beat them. SMU, obviously, they're only lost to us. I think they play this weekend, SMU and Navy. So that should be a good one to keep your eye on, too. Um, really, no rooting interest for Tiger fans as far as one win being more valuable to us um, since we beat both of them. But I guess you would just hope for a a close game between the two. Um, so interesting times in uh, University of Memphis sports. That's good stuff. Consume our weekends. <laughs> yeah, and then we get uh, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark. Hopefully, 
I don't want to speak too soon, but hopefully taking on LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. I better check in, see how many minutes they played today. If they're over 30, they ain't playing tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, but the Lakers are a team that's on a roll, so maybe if they're still winning, they're going to try to keep this thing rolling. We'll see. uh, For the sake of Grizzlies fans and basketball fans in general, hopefully – uh, they will play because there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. Grizz bringing the throwbacks, the Vancouver Ooh, yeah. traditional jerseys, the first time this season that they're wearing them, and the court. The court. Uh, and then you add in the Lakers on top of that. It's going to be a league pass favorite. Um, everybody's going to be tuned in. So big weekend in Memphis sports, and hopefully on Sunday we can wrap everything up and we'll be positive and not cussing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's – yeah, it – we could have a what would be three and zero this weekend. Uh, I don't really don't want to. I don't want to accept less than that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, if, if nothing else, Memphis football, please win. I, that is the highest stakes game. Um, and then I would say Memphis basketball, and then the Grizzlies. Oh yeah, for sure. So that, that's my ranking for win. Ho- hope hoping for wins in the Massey uh, in the Massey rankings. So uh, free James Wiseman. We will talk to you guys on Sunday with a more Grizz-focused edition of the Backdoor Cut. And until then, we gone. Hot sauce, light bread, and french fries. Love for the-